At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. First Bet wants to get you ready for Horse Racing's Triple Crown with a great new offer for new customers. Sign up now. Use the promo code VEGAS22 and bet at least $25 on today's Kentucky Derby. And you'll re- receive $25 in free bets for both of the other two legs of the Triple Crown. That's the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes. You must sign up today with First Bet. Again, you're using the code Vegas22. Go to vston.com slash horses to take advantage of that offer. Betting across America, hour number two, rolling along here at the South Point in Las Vegas. I'm Jeff Parles. Wes Reynolds is here. Wait, you, you lost you lost the rose. I did. Uh, I still have it, but I just don't know how to pin it on here. So, uh, <laughs> so there we go. I had the right idea. The, hey, the thought counted. You, anyway. you know what? The effort is all that matters. Yes, that the effort is all that matters. The things here. I do. Yes, around uh, here. on uh, on the first Saturday of May, the 148th racing of the Kentucky Derby, and now joining us from Gulfstream Park, Ashley Mayu, with us right now. Ashley, just uh. From scale of 1 to 10, the excitement level for today's derby for you is? It's pretty high. I'd say it's like a 9.9. It'll be a 10 if I can uh, cash a couple tickets, that's for sure. So, so Ashley, let's just, let's just dive right in. Of course, a 20-horse field as always. Uh, it just How do you attack the derby day? The Derby's tough. I mean, you have 20 of the best three-year-olds in the the country and even parts of other parts of the world. You've got a horse from Japan. Um, a, a big thing, and you know, you look at a normal race, say you have 10 or 12 horses. Position matters, but in the Kentucky Derby, when you have 20 horses, it matters even more. So you kind of have to look at the horses, sort of how they uh, typically run, what's their style, and a factor in uh, the post positions and what you think everyone else is going to do, which kind of makes it a complex puzzle. Ashley, the uh, morning line favorite was the 10-horse Zandon. Uh, Chad Brown, Flavian Pratt, by the way, they do win the uh, first re- uh, stakes race of the day that I believe just went off uh, the uh, uh, the uh, race number five, the uh, turf race. It was, uh, speak of the devil, uh, horse number eight, Chad Brown and Flavian Pratt, go ahead and get it done. But yet they're kind of drifting on the odds board a little bit, seeing them up to about six to one, seven to one. And it's been the Tim Yachtin slash Bob Baffert horses that have been getting bet here. Messier and, of course, Taiba at 12. Do you expect that to continue? It'll be interesting. Obviously, you know, there's there's a fair bit of money in the pools, but it'll grow significantly as we get closer to post time. You know, you mentioned Zandon, who's actually, you know, a horse that I really respect in this spot, was 3-1 to one on the morning line. You mentioned has floated up. Uh, not too surprised because the horse is three to one on the morning line. I think it's a wide open event and people are going elsewhere. And so when you start, you know, betting another horse, obviously your odds change. Mentioned the two runners out of the Tim Yachtin barn. They're getting respect for different reasons. You mentioned Taiba. 
uh, inexperienced horse, two starts under his belt, but he's literally done nothing wrong, and he really improved second time out in Messier. Well, one thing you'll always hear people talk about with the Kentucky Derby is the pace, the pace scenario. We've seen horses win on the front. We've seen really quick tempos where horses close from off of it. Messier has a, a fair bit of early speed, so you have to think he's going to be involved early, and maybe people are thinking that he's going to hang around uh, to win or at least for a share uh, in the late stages of the race. Ashley, how do you handle a horse who was looked at as a potential favorite? And, of course, uh, Modonical draw, draws the, the rail, draws number one, uh, the number one slot, epicenter on the inside as well as the three, still one of the uh, shorter shots at five to one right now. How do you handle horses that you may have looked at differently if they drew a better post position? I think you kind of look at their, like I mentioned, their run style, and you try to figure out, can they handle the post? In the case of Mo Donegal, um, I, I liked him at some points, kind of kind of on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Other times I have, and I thought last time out, he redeemed himself in the Wood Memorial. But uh, he can be close to the pace, but typically he's not anywhere near the lead. He's got the rail, so he, he has to, you know, break sharply out of the gate. He's got 19 horses to his outside, so that can be uh, tricky, but he's trained by Todd Fletcher. I read Ortiz has the mount, so uh, very respected connections and then the three epicenter the connections really aren't concerned about the post and rightfully so if you look at how he's won he's won on the front end last time out in the louisiana derby he was able to just press the pace early on in third and make his move so he's very tactical i think for him the post really uh doesn't matter too much and at least with post position three he's towards the inside so he can get a good uh ground saving position early on and maybe I personally think I'll have a couple of horses in front of him, but not too many early on. And uh, Ashley, one more on Epicenter here, who's now at 5-1 to one with 7-2 and two on the morning line. Of course, the big story, Steve Asmussen, the Hall of Fame trainer, still trying to get that derby win, has won about everything else, still has not won the run for the Roses as of yet. Joel Rosario is aboard, and, you know, in what little I bet for horse racing, uh, he's a jockey I like to bet. He's usually a closer, though, and Epicenter is seemingly more of a pace center do you think maybe rosario kind of hangs back and tries to be the closer here with this horse i don't think he's going to be a closer i think this horse is still going to be maybe third fourth fifth early on because he has that tactical speed and the great thing about joel rosario I mentioned he's a great rider but he's really familiar with this horse he's ridden him in four of his career starts out of the six and you can see uh, three of them were wins. So it's not like this horse is a stranger to him. Uh, when it's the Derby, they don't really necessarily significantly change run style. Like, you know, if you had a horse that's speed horse, you're not going to make him a closer just because it's the big day. You want to give your your horse the best shot. So I think he's going to have this horse in a, in a pretty good position early on. Ashley Mayu with us right now, breaking down the run for the Roses, the 148th Kentucky Derby getting underway uh, in the – early portions of the evening in Louisville today. Uh, Ashley, if, if we're going on this board, of course, 20 horses in this race, is there any horse that's maybe north of, let's say, 17 to 1 that you would give a chance to uh, pull what would be a nice shocker today? For me, no, because I'm Team Zandon, but I do like a long shot in the trifectas. When you're thinking about big paydays on the Derby, obviously, you know, people bet win bets exact is. I like to bet trifectas, which it's hard to do when there's 20 horses, but my long shot for third, uh, he's not going to get a ton of respect. That's the number 14, Barber Road. I know when you look at his record, he only has two wins on his resume. He's got a lot of second and third place finishes, but look at his last three or four efforts. He is definitely a deep closer. He will not be, I don't think, in the top 10 early on. I think he's going to be in that backpack. 
the big thing about him, he's going to have some pace to run out. He's going to have to leave kind of and carve a way through the traffic just because there's so many horses. And he's a grinder. He's not maybe the prettiest of runners when he gets kind of rolling late, but he really does grind. And he's a hard-knocking horse that uh, at a good price, I'd use him maybe for third in a trifecta. No, I'm going to use this underneath as well. It was purchased uh, for just $15,000, and it's made a lot more than that. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe a case of second-itis for this horse, but – Ashley, and I kind of want to tie this into the next question where you're going to get some tired horses at the end, and then you're going to have these grinders like Barber Road that are going to all of a sudden be coming late that aren't necessarily closers, but are going to be able to pass tired horses and maybe get there in the bottom of the ticket. How do we expect that the track is going to play today in terms of any type of weather? Do you think that maybe we're going to get a little bit sloppy? I know rain been in the forecast, thunderstorms were like 20% chances I looked at this morning. What type of track do you think we're going to get post-time about 6.57 Eastern? It's tough to ask Nina that I live in Florida because I know it can rain and they say it's <laughs> <laughs> I watched the last race and I, I believe uh, they're getting ready to go for their sixth and I did see rain falling. I mean, they will work that track and they will do everything that they can to have kind of the driest track that they can from post-time, but it you know, if, if it rains heavy and there's no winds, I mean, there's no chance of really drying it out. So from a handicapping angle, um, you can think about off tracks and, and how that affects closers. Sometimes they run well. Sometimes it sets better up for those speed horses. I mean, I think one of the most incredible derbies you can go back to is when mine, that bird circled the field from the back of the pack and did it the hard way. Um, it, it really depends. I think some of these horses they do have the experience over the the wet tracks, the muddy and the, the sloppy tracks. Maybe look at them and kind of uh, go either way closer to post time when you're punching your tickets. For me, I didn't think about it too much because I think these the really strong horses in here that I like, I don't think the surface is going to matter too much. Ashley, a couple horses I've been hearing from people I respect that, okay, who are the dark horses outside the big five that we kind of talk about with uh, Messier, Zandon, Taiba, Epicenter, Mo Donegal, if you want to throw that into kind of the big five. And I've been hearing a little bit about Smile Happy, obviously a very familiar Kentucky connection, Corey Lannery in the Irons, Kenny McPeak is the trainer, the son of Run Happy. couple seconds here on the road to the Derby and the Risen Star and also in the Bluegrass Stakes. What chances do you give Smile Happy today, and do you think that could maybe be a nice price in the two or the three spot in the try? I've heard a couple things about him, one from my father, so maybe that's the angle to, to use Smile Happy here. The big thing is when you look at his bluegrass, uh, Zandon ends up winning the race, but it does look like when top of the lane, Smile Happy might be your winner, and Zandon just was able to fly late and find this burst of energy. But Smile Happy, I mean, he's really done nothing wrong. I mean, you look at him, He's already made over $500,000 in four starts. His worst, I guess, performance would be his last two when he's been second in graded competition. The good thing about him, he's another type. I think position means everything in this race. He's not going to be at the back of the pack. I don't think he'll be um, on the lead either, but I think he's going to get himself in a good position with having post position number five. So we'll see if he can hang around, at least for a minor piece. She's Ashley Mayu, of course, uh, live from Gulfstream Park today, uh, giving us great. By the way, they got a card down there at Gulfstream. Really, cards all over the country, by the way. This is the Christmas if you're a horse better. Belmont, of course, a nice card today. Santa Anita all across the fruited plain. Nothing wrong with that. No, No, not at all. Again, just adding to this great sports weekend across the board. Uh, But you can can follow Ashley uh, on Twitter, at Ashley Mayu, of course, uh, down at Gulfstream Park as well. Ashley. Thank you for being with us today and uh, enjoy the run for the roses. It's always an amazing day. 
Thank you, guys. You enjoy it, too, and hopefully you can make some money. Uh, we hope so, too. Yes, absolutely. That's <laughs> always a good thing to start the uh, Triple Crown season here at the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, uh, this, is, uh, th this is the annual day, Wes, where I get text messages from friends who I've not heard from in months mm -hmm. with their horse racing plays and inevitably yes. it's a uh... this is the race that everybody <laughs> bets and and that's the thing everybody's gonna want to get in on the action and see if maybe we get a triple crown here uh year here this year by the way quick baseball update canceled the post game show the Reds are up two wow. nothing in the bottom of the second in the first game at the Great American Ballpark that's a yes in the first inning as well a two-run double by Stevenson to get the Reds on the board two nothing Dodgers also already on the board against the Cubs one nothing we're going to the ring and the Octagon next on Betting Across America. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's time to download Nevada's premier betting app, BetMGM. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports wagers from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. So visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700 at MGM, as always. Jeff Parles, Wes Reynolds here. Big thanks to Ashley Mayu for joining us in the last segment to talk Kentucky Derby. Wes, uh, I am just trying to figure out what I'm going to put in my exotics. Mm -hmm. I already have a, a a fixed odds number in on Messier at 8-1. At to one. And I think that that's going to continue to drop. And yeah. this is going to sound stupid, but... Follow along with me here because Please. this is, of course, the Kentucky Derby, which gets the most casual betters. Messier, it is hockey season. We are seeing Mark Messier in the uh, ESPN studios for the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. So, uh, you know, people will bet based on a name. And and look, I actually made a bet in the Oaks yesterday. Uh, number one, I was betting on a horse that was four for four, keep in mind. That being Kathleen O., but what put me over the top just for some fun money, you know, nothing to go to war with here or empty your bankroll on. But I went to high school with a girl named Kathleen O. So I went ahead and bet her instead of betting the D Wayne Lucas horse, which did end up winning the race. D Wayne Lucas, uh, a longtime friend of coach Knight, And we know that I'm a pretty big Indiana basketball fan. So I should have went with the, uh, the old coach D Wayne Lucas angle yesterday. D Wayne Lucas, uh, my, uh, so when I was really young, uh, my, my dad did some, did some work for, uh, for Naira, which is, uh, the new, the New York, uh, yes, Naira, yes, the, uh, New York racing Association. racing association. I met D Wayne Lucas. Couldn't have been nicer. What a nice, 80, just, what a nice gentleman. Still winning big time races. D Wayne Lucas, uh, one of the, uh, legendary trainers of all time in horse racing, of course, uh, multiple time derby winner. I believe, uh, we are actually at race number six here. Yes. This is the Knicks go overnight stakes here. So you're now getting into the point where you're getting a lot of stakes races, a lot of pick fours, a lot of pick fives, a lot of really good horses in this race. So, uh, we will give you an update, uh, some familiar horses that have raced in triple crown races before in 
in some of these undercards before we get to the main event here at about 6:57 Eastern Time. We'll we'll get to uh, we'll get to the big boxing match in town here in a second. Uh, Jonathan Huberdo, that guy's pretty good. Yes, he's on the board. Panthers one, Caps nothing. A little over three minutes in. Uh, at Capital One Arena in uh, D.C. How about a big that bomb one. that just uh, won the Knicks Ooh. go uh, at 36 to 1. That'll be a nice payout for somebody. Uh, three technique, uh, Rafael Bejarano and the Irons uh, also going for his first derby there win later today. He's 0 for 13 in the big race, but nevertheless, he got paid on this one, so everything else is gravy. 36 to 1, three technique, your winner of the overnight stakes at Churchill Downs. Nice. Hey, if you uh, you hit a thirty-six to one shot, that's a nice day and at the office. Especially in a day like today, where there's so many like chalky horses, and you get a bomb in like your pick four, your pick five sequence. Man, that's going to pay out big. A fun day at the office for someone. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Let's uh, let's go let's go to the uh, let's go to the boxing ring first, Wes, and then we'll get to uh, the UFC card uh, in Arizona tonight, which of course. Uh, uh, had a had a nice little movement thanks to uh, a problem yeah. with the scales in yeah. the main event. It's not often that you see a title change on the scale, but uh, you have at least seen a partial title change with the champion Charles Dubronx Oliveira stripped of that title. So now we have a main event championship fight where only one guy can win the title. We'll get to that here in a moment. I thought I was the only one who didn't like the scale. In all honesty, Wes, but uh, let's uh, let's go. I know to, it always <laughs> gives me bad news. It's usually, usually the one thing I can uh, can uh, know that is always going to give me bad news, as you said. All right, Wes. Uh, before we get to the uh, the Oliveira uh, Gaethje fight, I do want uh, the big fight today here in Vegas because it's single to Mile weekend, which means uh, Canelo Alvarez yes. is fighting in Vegas as he always does. Uh, Dimitri Bivol is his uh, opponent today. Uh, the big uh, the big difference here. Because Wes, usually Canelo's not going up against the guy who's much taller than him. Mm-hmm. Today you see uh, you see a big height difference here, five nine against six foot. Canelo's still a big favorite, no shock, minus four fifty. Uh, Canelo to win by decision is the favorite of. If you're going by methods, you're laying a price there, no shock. Wes, it's a Canelo fight in Las Vegas on Cinco de Mayo weekend. Mm-hmm. The only way Canelo loses is if he gets knocked out. Correct. Uh, yeah, I would think so. And by the way, uh, let me give a history lesson here too. Cinco de Mayo is not Mexican Independence Day. That is September 16th. So we always hear that, oh, it's Independence Day for Mexico. It is not September 16th. So different holidays. So just want to do a give a little nugget to the uh, viewers and listeners out there. But nevertheless, back to the main event here at the T-Mobile Arena, Canelo and Bivol. Canelo is not defending his titles. It is it is the uh, Russian fighter. It's going to be defending his WBA light heavyweight title tonight. Canelo Alvarez, the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world, according to Ring Magazine, which is kind of like the authority, really, on boxing rankings. That's what you want to look at because it's so hard to follow in terms of, like, these federations, you know, these sanctioning bodies. Who's the WBC champion? Who's the WBA? Who's the IBF? Canelo is the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Obviously, he is going up against the bigger man, although the reach really isn't that much of a difference. About an inch and a half. I think it's 72 for the champion and 70 and a half for Canelo. So, you know, Canelo, I mean, you look at it, he has the total package, and that's why he's the number one pound for fighter, pound for pound fighter, rather, in Ring Magazine. He's got the power, he's got the explosive combinations, can really attack the body, rip the body, as it were, counter punching ability, speed. He can pressure you, he can go forward, but he can also have good defense while staying in the pocket, and he's a very hard puncher. 
the bigger fighter here, uh, Bivol, is not necessarily a power puncher. He's more of an accuracy puncher and more of a, a volume guy that's, that points fights, essentially. He does not really go in for a lot of the knockouts. Of course, uh, he had his big decision win in December, but this is just such a step up for a guy who's never been part of this atmosphere where you're fighting Canelo Alvarez in front of a pro Mexican crowd on Cinco de Mayo our weekend. This is a road game for Bivol here. And, and I think that it's going to take some time to get used to that, but I don't expect that Canelo is going to necessarily, because he knows he's a smaller guy. He's like, I got to time this guy up and see how I can attack the body here. So I don't think that he necessarily comes out hellfire and brimstone. And probably the way I'm going to bet this fight is Canelo by decision, which you around minus 150. That's kind of the ballpark figure out there in the market. Yeah, I, I would only that would be the only way I would go here because I don't see a, I don't see a knockout. And, you know, again, maybe I'm just biased based off of past betting losses mm-hmm. involving Canelo. If this thing goes to the card, there is less than a 0% chance that Canelo would lose on a card. Right. You, less than no, zero. No, yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> think so. Obviously, there's still money to be na- made with uh, Canelo Alvarez. More than likely could be a Triple G trilogy. That probably seems like the next fight uh, for Canelo uh, to be made because, uh, obviously, you're not going to see a Bud Crawford or a Narrow Spence jump up two weight classes to fight him just yet because they need to fight each other first before we ever get those type of fights. But yeah, I, I, I like Canelo by decision here. I think eventually he's going to figure out how to get inside here, and he's going to realize that Bivol does not really have the power necessarily to give him any threat, even though he is the bigger man and the taller man with a little bit longer reach. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think that this is probably going to go by decision. Bivol's not a guy that really stops a lot of guys. I believe uh, he hasn't stopped anybody in his last six fights, and I certainly don't see Canelo Alvarez being added to that list. Let's uh, go to Phoenix here, Wes. Uh, UFC, big UFC card tonight. And as we mentioned before, it's uh, it's it's a very weird occurrence in the main event mm. now where only got Justin Gaethje can go for the lightweight championship of the world now instead uh, of Charles Oliveira, who missed weight by half a pound. Right. He can't retain the belt, and we have seen the betting market. It was plus 140 yesterday. It's now uh, on Gaethje. It's now plus 110 across the board on Justin Gaethje to win the belt because, uh, again, just playing to the narrative here. Wes. Yeah, and you usually see a fighter get faded that miss weight. By the way, this is uh, Oliveira's fifth time in his career missing weight. Four of those times where he's trying to make 145, where he's a natural 155-er, and that's why he's the champion as really fought the best in his career at this weight, but you do not get that one pound weight out allowance that you usually get in non-title or any other standard fights. You do not get that here. So that's why Oliveira loses a strap on the scale. Gaethje can go ahead and win the title here. Uh, you know, I think when, and, and, and when I saw Oliveira on the scale yesterday, he looked absolutely dried out, looked absolutely dead. That usually takes a few days of hydration to fix. So that's why you've been seeing Gaethje, I think, get hit here. And I think he's going to win the fight. I don't want to necessarily bet the worst number. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Gaethje may be closer to fight time, closes about even money or even potentially the favorite over Dubronx Oliveira. I wouldn't be shocked either. I wish I'd bet Gaethje yesterday morning. Right. Just, uh, just, uh, just a bad job of timing more than anything. Yeah, I think anything lower than 120, you've probably lost the value here. Maybe again, you get a if this thing gets past round one, you'll be able to bet this thing uh, in play as mm-hmm. always with these fights. 
uh, moving along there in Phoenix. We are going to the NFL next. Post-draft look at the NFC East. Next, betting across America rolls along. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The Kentucky Derby. It's today. And right now, VSIN is offering you a special 999 Kentucky Derby betting guide with previews of all of the horses, jockeys, and every race that's on the card today, plus bets, best bets for the entire weekend, including, of course, the Run for the Roses, the 148th version of the Kentucky Derby. Pre-order your copy now for just $9.99. Just order it now. It's available. Of course, the Kentucky Derby later today at vcin.com slash derby guide. It's been pretty chalky so far, Derby weekend, including Oaks Day yesterday at Churchill Downs and obviously Derby Day today, but not the last race. Uh, three technique and the overnight stakes. How about 75-60 on a $2 bet? That's always a nice payout. We were looking at the $2 exact. I think it was nine seventy six sixty. Not bad. So, uh, if you hopefully you use that in your exotics and you might be looking at a big pick four, pick five, pick six ticket later on in the day. Be fun. Could be a fun day at the office if you had uh, had the winner in that last race. Uh, only only a few more to go if you have a pick four or pick five there, Wes. Yeah, 25 minutes is the uh, next race. It is the Pat Day Mile. Uh, Chad Brown and Jose Ortiz. Jack Christopher, the four to five favorite. Chalk. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of chalk in, in the in these big, like, stakes day races, and uh, they're usually chalk for a reason. Wes, uh, let, let's do some NFL talk uh, real quick. Just a score update in uh, D.C., the only playoff game going at the moment. Still one nothing Florida over uh, Washington, the early Huberto goal standing up for the Panthers. I would imagine that first period closed two at most shops. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you'll be uh, – you're, uh, you're probably hoping for a push there if you bet under two first period yeah, a couple for that ba- one. Yeah, a couple baseball scores, too. Uh, Pirates do get one back, two to one now in the bottom of the third. The Cincinnati Reds still lead. That has been a rare occurrence. Three and 22 are my poor Cincinnati Red legs. Dodgers get one in the first. Freddie Freeman doubles in a run. So one nothing. Uh, Kershaw on top over Smiley. Two first innings, yes, run yes. scored, cash as that, well. That has been a discussion, I know, on your program where you're regularly the producer of a numbers game. Uh, Gil Alexander and Jason Weingarten had a discussion over this because uh, there has been kind of a cottage industry of like no in the first run and the, no in the uh, first inning runs. And really, the yeses have had value. So look, uh, keep betting those and getting good prices on the yeses. So far, if you're on the yeses, 2 and 0 today. Yeah, the plus money on the Dodger Cub game, I would imagine the Reds. Uh, yeah. And Reds you can kind of see that a, because a pick. it mirrors a little bit too, like when we talk about these pregame totals. Mm-hmm okay, you're going to see it get bet to the under. So they're going to say, well, there's no run in the first inning. More often than not, it seems like you want to go the opposite of that. And if you've been doing it, you've been cashing tickets so far this year. Wes, uh, let's go to the NFL. Uh, the NFC East is where we're going to look. Uh, let's, just, let's just start with uh, the, the NFC East division odds here, and we'll work our way from there. These are from BetMGM. The Cowboys, the defending division champions, Still, your betting favorites post-draft, minus 120 to win the NFC East for a second consecutive year. The Eagles, 3-1. to one, That is a little bit shorter than it was pre-draft. The Commanders of Washington, that's still going to take some time to getting used to. Mm-hmm. Plus 450 on Washington and the uh, Carson Wentz-led offense. And then the Giants at 7-1, to one, Wes. And, and I'll just say this real quick because 
the the Eagles were the Eagles and the Giants to me were the two teams in this division that won draft weekend. Because mm-hmm. I loved the Giants' first two picks, which you get two guys who at one point or another were either A, the betting favorite to go number one, and mostly mocked to go number one in Thibodeau and Neal at five and seven. You can quibble with the rest of their draft, but they did so well at the top. They're going to get two guys who are going to start right away. Thibodeau, I think, is going to be awesome in New York. I think he's a guy who fits uh, the personality. He's going to work. So in the he's going to be hosting GMA in about 20 years like the uh, other <laughs> New York Giants defensive end. Hey, so you just never know. lock you that never, up. You never know. Maybe uh, maybe he'll be on NBC instead of ABC, though. Maybe was. maybe uh, the Today Show. Yeah, maybe the Today he'll Show. He'll replace Al Roker. Yes. Uh, the uh, Evan Neal at seventh overall. Uh, Michael Lombardi, uh, when he was uh, when he was been on the network. Uh, also, by the way, get, get well soon, Michael. Uh, uh, but uh, the the prospect of possibly playing Neil the left tackle and moving Thomas to right tackle is a possibility there in New York. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, of course, uh, the uh, uh, Wandell Robinson, the uh, receiver out of Kentucky, who had a tremendous year mm-hmm. uh, in Lexington, and then uh, uh, another guard and uh, corner uh, flawed out of LSU uh, as their uh, first three round, first two day picks for the Giants. He'll be a slot guy on yes, that defense. Yes, I, I would imagine so. And then for Philadelphia, of course, they trade up for Day Jordan Davis. I, I love that pick. I, I know he's not your tr- quote-unquote traditional, uh, or excuse me, is your traditional defensive tackle, not your regular pick now that you see in the NFL. But, guys, it's not a bad thing to have a, right. a run-stopping D tackle who you know is going to be hard to block in any right. fashion. Yeah, I think Philadelphia, look, uh, based on the draft, I you don't like to overreact to the draft necessarily in terms of future markets because, look, I didn't think in this draft there's this one player that's like, okay, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a franchise changer. So I didn't really see that in the draft. But you look at Philadelphia, and I'll start with them uh, first. This is, you know, the Fisher cut bait season for Jalen Hurts because they have put weapons around him. Of course, Devontae Smith was the first round pick last year. You trade for A.J. Brown. So those are two of your starting receivables. Uh, You have Quez Watkins. Uh, They did get Zach Paschal, who had a nice kind of understated year for the Indianapolis Colts. He reunites with Nick Sirianni. So he comes aboard to the roster. Uh, Jalen Rager, probably his days are done. He will probably be on another roster to start the season. The offensive line was healthier last year because, remember, two years ago, they never had, I don't think, the same lineup for two games in a row. So that's been a little bit healthier. Defensively, they add Davis. Uh, Fletcher Cox gets a one-year deal, so he could be kind of a mentor. And we'll get to that mentor thing because some guys don't like that role necessarily, I guess, uh, mentoring their (laughs) replacement. But maybe Fletcher Cox will be able to do that, and there'll be enough reps for all of them. N'Kobe Dean obviously had medicals, but – you know, to get this guy in the third round, who's a first round talent, I think at least from a value standpoint, it's worth the risk. They brought in Hassan Reddick from free agency from Carolina to get more of a pass rush. So you look at the talent on the roster and I think that Philadelphia has narrowed the gap with Dallas. And that's why I think people are really pointing to the Eagles this year. No, I no, no disagreement there, Wes. And, and again, I, we, I, I was on Philadelphia radio earlier this week and I, uh, Almost me. I, I made the accidental comment of, "Hey, if Jalen hurts, if Jalen hurts doesn't play well the first six weeks, do you dare go to Gardner Gardner Minshew of your mm-hmm. Philadelphia?" Which, of course, then uh, set uh, set some uh, some takes ablaze on, right. on that. But I, look, if you're if you're the Eagles here, and the, this whole year now, where 
You made the playoffs last year, as I thought. You just took advantage of a bad schedule. They beat bad teams. Okay, you made the playoffs thanks to the extra seventh team now. But, but we but, And we had a lot of conversations about this last yeah. season. The metrics guys and the analytics guys really love this team because this Correct. team got a lot of support in the market every single week, and I wonder if they're going to get that same support this year on a game-to-game basis. I, You know, it, we'll see. I mean, that Sirianni syndicate that... Uh, yes, the Sirianni <laughs> that, syndicate, uh, yes. Our guy Femi Abebefe uh, uh, said a whole bunch on, on social media, but... I, Wes, I am just in the camp here where I think the Eagles are the quarterback away now. That's yes. where they're at. Yes. I've never bought Jalen Hurts as an NFL starter. I don't think he is. I think he's a guy you can kind of do what you did last year with, which is get in the playoffs and lose in the first round. If you're okay with that, then all right, go ahead, pay him. Be my guest. But I don't I don't think with the roster that the Eagles have set forward now, you can you can't settle for Average to mediocre now for right. the Eagles. Because you're right there with Dallas. I think Dallas still the rightful favorite Correct. because they did win the division last year. Micah Parsons was obviously as good as advertised uh, once they figured out, hey, let this dude rush the passer and kill the quarterback instead of playing coverage all the time. Uh, finally, they figured that out. And look, uh, they added to the offensive line. It is Tyler Smith. I know people said he was a reach out of Tulsa. He's probably going to be penciled in as the left guard starter or at least give the chance to win the job right next to Tyron Smith at the left tackle position Dallas you know they really didn't maybe they like what they have they didn't really make a lot of big splashy moves in the offseason they basically gave Amari Cooper away to Cleveland for a ham sandwich so they're confident apparently they re-signed Michael Gallup they have C.D. Lamb Uh, obviously Dalton Schultz had a nice year at tight end we know that they can run the ball and then Dak looked healthy I think for the for the better part of last season so Dallas is going to be able to score points now can they cover can their secondary hold up? And we know Trayvon Diggs got a lot of interceptions, but he also gave up a lot of big plays. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, they bring in Malik Cooker for the secondary, uh, drafted some guys too in terms of the pass rush, Sam Williams out of Ole Miss. But this defense, they can rush the passer, but if they don't get to the quarterback, they can give up big plays in the passing game. Well, we, we saw that last year with, with, with Dallas. When, when Parsons didn't get there, mm-hmm. their defense had problems. And Dallas is pretty simple to me. If you if you win the division, great. That's probably just winning the division and losing in a wild card right. weekend for the second consecutive year. It's probably not going to be enough to save Mike McCarthy this go around. Yeah, but the but the NFC obviously the balance of power at least on paper has shifted to the AFC. Oh, so yeah. if you're the NFC and you're one of those top three teams, you're thinking there's not really much standing no. in our way here. Wes, if you, if you are a division winner in the NFC, you're Super Bowl or bust. Yes. It's just the way that it is. Yes. At this point, especially seeing the Rams out of the four hole last mm-hmm. year, end up lifting the Lombardi for the second time in the franchise's history. More talk on the NFL coming your way next, betting across America. This is betting across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. And if you're planning a trip to uh, Vegas, you can convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. 
BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. And when you start wagering on the BetMGM app. So sign up today or log on right now to get an even bigger piece of the pie with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and you must gamble responsibly. Please do that. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, I guess you don't must gamble responsibly, but you should. We highly suggest But you should. We highly suggest it. Highly suggest it. Always, always, uh, always know your limits, guys. Very simple there. He's Wes Reynolds. I'm Jeff Parles. Uh, Big shout to the crew, as always. uh, Steven, Kevin, Liz, Wyatt. Matt always doing a great job. Sometimes it can be a scramble around here on Saturday. Jeremy's here as well. So uh, big, big shout to the crew uh, up and at him early as always. Wes, uh, I'm going to say this real quick before we get back into some NFL talk. Your Cincinnati Reds are threatening to win the first five. I I know. I think I cashed one like two weeks ago on a first five uh, and then uh, lost the full game. So beggars can't be choosers, but uh, two outs away, Connor Overton so far, so good limiting the damage to just one run. So uh, Cincinnati, I feel like when you get a team this bad, they should pay you at least time and a half, like, like overtime on the weekends, Jeff, you know, they should at least give you time and a half and maybe even double time in the case of the Cincinnati Reds. Like, you should get double if you cash a ticket on this team. Wes, uh, just quickly here, Pat Day Mile at, uh, at Churchill Downs, the seven race. What uh, what are we looking at here? We're still looking at a pretty significant chalky favorite right Yeah, now. it's uh, Jack Christopher, uh, Chad Brown, and uh, Jose Ortiz. The combination there, uh, the other Ortiz brother, by the way, that would be an Irad Ortiz Jr. You see a lot of those guys, if you bet the New York races, if you bet Belmont, if you bet Saratoga, if you bet Aqueduct, they win a lot of the races up there. So uh, Todd Pletcher, him, he with Irad Ortiz and Major General, tough spot, though, for Major General on the rail. We haven't seen the rail do uh, well today yet at Churchill Downs. Irad Ortiz is one of those jockeys, though, that can win on the rail, so Maybe that's the value here. If I'm going by name, I would go with the 12 on the outside. Oh, captain, because I am a huge dead poet society fan. Of course, we remember. Oh, captain, my captain. I'm, I'm taking doppelganger doppelganger. Uh, that is a Baffert barn, Tim and Johnny V John Velasquez. So uh, uh, doppelganger uh, in the 10 spot, I believe six to one right now. I think we're going to take uh, I think we're going to take a little bit of a pick three here, which means uh, I can, uh, I can lose my money quickly here. Wes. Yes, <laughs> it's better to it's better a quick death is better than a long painful process. No, I hey look, there's no there's no there's no arguing that uh, I am a. Uh, I'm just gonna take this uh, right out of the gate here. Actually, we're we're making bets as we go along here. We're taking doppelganger right now, Wes. So there you go. The the the, uh, the great use of technology here absolutely. On the show. By the way, uh, Wes, we got a we got a knotted hockey uh, game with a oh wow. Tough break if you had the first period under yes. in D.C. With 26 seconds to go, uh, that Ovechkin guy's pretty good. The grade good. eight got on the board, it looks like, uh, right here at the end. Got one past uh, Sergei Brabovsky. So, one-to-one, yeah, that is a tough beat, by the way. So, a uh, power play goal. It's a power play goal, as Sam Rosen would say. Of course, does the Rangers broadcast, I believe. 
I believe they're giving that to Ovechkin. I thought maybe Oshie might have gotten the deflection there. So uh, we're uh, our, our, our great producer Stephen Bond saying it's going to be accredited to T.J. Oshie okay, on the deflection. Okay, he got the deflection there because he was right there in front of the net. So uh, all tied at one. It looks like after the first period between Florida and Washington. Yeah, that is a rough, uh, rough beat if you had uh, Panthers minus a half a goal first period. Mm -hmm. Rough beat if you had Panthers first period money line. You're pushing instead. Every play matters. Every play matters. Hey, you know, it's uh, Wes, is there a bit of an explanation for why goals are up so much in the NHL this year? You know, I I really don't know because I thought that this was maybe going to, you know, we were going to kind of get to form at least in the playoffs. And And I think it's been about half and half. It depends on the series. But where I thought, okay, is scoring going to go down? Because, like I mentioned earlier, they don't like to call as many penalties in the playoffs, of course. Uh, that didn't stop them early on with the uh, the Leafs and the Lightning series, where I think nope. they both had 12 penalties each in the first game. But, you know, it depends, I think, on the style of play. Obviously, Dallas and Calgary has been a dramatic under-series. Uh, game two, one nothing. The Stars uh, beat the Flames. They'll have game three tonight. So we knew that that was kind of going to be a defensive series uh, between those two teams. And then you think offense, offense, offense in a couple of these other series, especially like Toronto, Tampa Bay, uh, Florida, Washington, uh, currently two goals, it looks like, after the end of the first period here. Uh, Colorado, Nashville, but it's usually Colorado that's got to carry the scoring. By the way, that's the next game this afternoon. Uh, Colorado, a big favorite down in Smashville, minus 250. Is, uh, is Connor Ingram playing again for uh, for Nashville? Well, after, for, for, uh, for Nashville's sake, they better hope so, because uh, after what they saw out of David Riddich in the first game where they gave up five goals in the first period, they better hope so. Obviously, you say Soros out with the lower body injury. Yeah, that's uh... – that's just a big old mismatch. That series. Yeah, that's a one. And I said that on Twitter the other night. I was like, this is a one versus 16. Yeah. And this is like a one versus 16 in the NCAA tournament, like in the 1980s, where you would have like an Indiana or North Carolina being like a 35 point favorite. And it's like, okay, late at 35, they're going to beat the hell out of these guys. By the way, Wes, uh, we don't do much soccer on the show. We already have one soccer nugget, but I have to bring this up because it's, it's on NBC before all the horse racing coverage starts. Mm-hmm. Brighton is just just opening up a can on Man U. It's 4-0 in the 60 And I believe minute. this this was kind of a big spot for Brighton. They're not, like, right in the drop zone. But, you know, you you can look at some of these teams. Actually, Brighton's ninth. Bright, 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 Brighton's ninth. So. Brighton's, Brighton's heading to ninth, yeah, assuming so, this so result they're holds. Safe, but you saw some of these teams today that were kind of, like, close to the drop zone, like in 15th or 16th, and all these points, and every little point matters here. So, uh by the way, Brighton four to nothing. Uh, yep. Not not a good not a good uh, uh, end to the season for the Red Devils in the EPL. But I think that they should be safe at least to get a Champions League spot if they can, you know, win win a couple games down the stretch. I think they're currently six, so they're actually on the outside looking in. Eddie O, by the way, looks like he's on doppelganger. So uh, at least I'm. Well, well, that's good because uh, Edzo is a very good uh, handicapper in his own right and also a horse owner. Of course. Uh, Wes, uh, so some quick NFL news and, and notes before we go to it. I, I, I don't want to go full sports talk radio real quick. Mm -hmm. But has anyone misplayed their hand as badly as Baker Mayfield has? <laughs> he's uh, it's a game of musical chairs and he's out of a chair right now because uh, look uh, you had Carolina who traded up for Matt Corral so I got to think okay Sam Darnold is going to be a free agent after this year I don't expect he's going to be back there in Charlotte so 
you know, maybe Corral is going to be given a chance if they're trading up. I know it's the third round, but they still traded up and traded, you know, extra capital to get him. So there's, you know, Baker Mayfield, that would have been a logical spot for him. And then Seattle, now you're hearing Pete Carroll saying that they don't see them trading for a quarterback. So Seattle looks like they're going to roll with Drew Locke and or Geno Smith. So, yeah, Baker Mayfield uh, right now is out of options in terms of being a starting quarterback, it seems like, for this season in the NFL. Yeah, and I will say this, and again, it's it's just one of those where, where, where Pro Football Talk had the report earlier in the week uh, just that the, the bridge is not just burnt. It's, it's, in, the, it's in the water at this point. Mm-hmm. It's the, no no chance of any repairs uh, that re- relationship because let's face it, Deshaun Watson's going to get suspended in some fashion here. Yes, and if you're the Browns, having Baker on your roster actually makes sense. To all right, you know what, Deshaun Watson gets suspended. Let's see, let's see, it's a low end. I think the low end's going to be six games right. for Deshaun Watson. On the high end, Deshaun Watson getting a whole season shouldn't be shocking to anyone. You can still win games with a healthy Baker Mayfield, who, of course, is coming off just a disaster year last year where he did not play well. But how much of that was that, all right, he didn't totally just forget how to play overnight. How much of that, though, was just because he was never healthy last year? I think that that definitely played a part of it. And really, the Browns as a whole weren't healthy. Uh, You know, running backs in and out of the lineup, a lot of linemen that were hurt. So, That's where I think, you know, I know Mayfield's misplayed his hand, but it's like, I don't think that, you know, you totally give up on him like that he's a piece of garbage for the rest of his career here. So I absolutely think probably the best option is to return in the Browns and maybe kind of wait it out and see, you know, if they can do something for next year, because right now there's not any chairs for him. Nothing, especially with Seattle, uh, with Pete Carroll saying earlier in the week, we're not trading for a quarterback preseason. All right, well, fine. Seattle should be trying to uh, not win a lot of football games anyway this year. Mm-hmm. See what you got with Drew Locke, and if he happens to be good, great. If not, moving on anyway. But uh, again, we're Wes schedule reveal Thursday. Be ready to break Uh-oh. that down in full later this week. On that, uh, we're going back to the NBA next uh, on betting across America. Hour number three coming your way.